0: <laughs> Great to see you. Wow, happy new year. It's my first time back with you uh, in this year. So a special welcome to those of you who are here for the very first time. Uh, I have a friend of mine, Maya, and her family are here somewhere back here. A special welcome to you. Um, and we're going to be going into our time of teaching, but um, I have a couple important announcements as well. Uh, last Friday, uh, I sent out to you our uh, ministry update letter, the next one that we do kind of in January, some of the important things. Coming up, talked about Encounter, we just saw, and so on. But uh, one of the things I shared is just a quick uh, financial praise, and just want to celebrate that with you. You know, as we entered into December, we talked about how important a month was financially, and I just, you guys just, uh, you know, it's amazing. We excel. we, we, we uh, surpassed our budget of contributions in December. <laughs> Um, we surpassed our, our annual contribution budget. Uh, we came in lower expense-wise, and so we're doing really strong going in. So thanks, thanks for listening and following in that area of generosity. And then super exciting, uh, you may have read this in the letter, but you know, we're doing this generosity initiative for Christmas, where our, our goal, you know, this, this ministry, His Hands on Africa, we're helping them refurbish the second floor of their uh, new dental centers, Hope uh, Dental Clinic. Um, so that it can completely, all the tenant improvements, all the dental equipment, so they can train dentists and share the gospel and disciple people there. And our goal was a big one. We're trying to reach $220,000. We knew it was big, we didn't know if we'd reach it, but you guys blew it out of the waters. We came in at $276,000. Um, and so, uh, hey, by far the largest generosity initiative ever. And so just praise the Lord, amen? It's just so good. Um, And so uh, I also shared in there, you know, at our our encounter, it's mostly just kind of hearing God, worship, prayer, and stuff like that. But we will be celebrating a little bit what God did last year uh, in 2023. And we'll also do a quick vote on our elders and budget. So proposed budget. So I put that in uh, the letter as well. And if you have any questions about that, first of all, if you don't have a printer or email or whatever, and you want a copy of it, it, you can get it out the point. Um, after the service, but um, if, uh, if you have any questions about any of that, uh, th- after all of our services this weekend and next weekend, and will some of our elders, uh, staff that are over in the building, the farthest building from us, a small building at the end, right by the solar-covered uh, parking, it's called the VISTA. There's a conference room there. You can go and ask any questions you have uh, so you're ready for that uh, quick vote we do at the encounter. So other than that, uh, I'm ready to jump in the service. You ready to go? Okay. Let's, uh, let's pray and let's just invite God to come and be with us. So Lord, we just thank you. Um, Lord, as I, I think about this series, I think of what Jesus, what you said to the seven churches of Revelation. So often you'd say that, let him who has ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And Father, that's what we wanna be. We wanna be a, a church that's, that's learning to hear the voice of the Spirit. That through your word and through your Spirit, that we be hearing your voice and develop a truly conversational relationship with you. It's very real, it's very personal, it's deep, that empowers our life, that, uh, that helps us fulfill the calling and destiny you have for each of us. And so we pray today as we open your word, as we kick this off, that you would be with us every step of the way. And, and we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. All right. Well our story begins today um, at a Sunday brunch and uh, they've, they've gathered their family, kind of an extended family, intergenerational and uh, they often do this. They all go to the same church together and so after church they'll often go home, have brunch and they'll talk about the weekend's message. And the message this week was uh, the pastor was sharing kind of a vision casting message uh, that they as a church were going, going to be uh, building a new worship center. Their current worship center was we're outgrowing it. God was bringing more and more people. And so he was kind of sharing the vision for that. And one of the things that he shared in this message was that God had clearly spoken to him about this, this calling, this, this vision to build this building. And so the message had gone really well and uh, was well received by the congregation. And it's are sitting around the brunch table after, after they've eaten, um, just talking about that. Uh, that, that all of a sudden, the kind of the matriarch of the family, the grandmother, um, speaks up and she asks a question. And it's a question that no one at that table will ever forget. Well today, We are kicking off this brand new series, uh, 10-week series, Lord willing. You know, when you do a series on hearing God, you need to be flexible, right? But it's Lord willing, it's a 10-week series uh, on hearing God, and I'm super excited about this series. I started preparing for it, doing all the research back in August, so I feel like I'm about about to explode. It's time to give delivery uh, for this thing. And uh, I'm really excited about it for a wide variety of reasons, but I think the most important is that as a follower of Jesus, uh, as, I, as I've walked with him over the years, as a leader of his movement, you know, a leader of a, ch- a church, um, that I've become convinced, increasingly convinced, that learning to be able to hear, kind of discern, recognize the voice of God in our lives is one of the most important and critical spiritual skills Uh, life experiences, we need to have and develop, if we're going to walk well with God, if we're going to truly develop what we call a a truly personal relationship with God, uh, if we are going to experience his presence and power in and through us, and if we are going to carry out his vision and calling for our lives. And so I'm super excited to be diving into this topic with you. And what I want to do today in this very first message is I want to introduce five key foundational principles that we'll be carrying with us every step of the way as we go through this journey. And then come back at the end and just ask a couple quick questions. So there in your note sheet, you have a section that's called Hearing God, Getting Started. And uh, so I'm just going to jump in, all right? So the first principle looks like this, that God is, is still speaking. Um, God's not lost his voice, he's still in the speaking business. Now, this is an important place to begin because there, there are some Christ followers who would love Jesus and love His Word? Who would contest this and say that know that it's true that God once spoke to His people? He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to Daniel. He spoke to you know Apostle Peter. But but He's no longer speaking today. That God has given us His written Word. That's all we need for a life of godliness. And so God is no longer in the speaking business. And. Uh, the, the thing I love about, there's a couple things I love about these fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And the first thing I love is that their deep commitment to the word of God. I, I really believe this, in this day and age we're living, that this is just critical, that for us as believers, we're are passionate about the Word of God and hold on to the authority. And so, so, this type of believer usually has a very high view of Scripture. They see it as inspired, they see it as inerrant, they see it as a completely authoritative. And of course, we would agree with all that. And so, I love that about that, that, that perspective. I think a second thing that I love is that they would say, and certainly we'll be talking about this over and over in this series, that whenever we sense the Holy Spirit speaking to us through one of the many, many different ways that he speaks, that we always need to test that word, test that message through the scriptures. Like the scriptures are our ultimate authority. They are the gold standard. The Holy Spirit who inspired the scriptures will never contradict the scriptures in a message to us, right? And so, so I love that emphasis on the word, but there's several reasons why I believe God is still speaking today, and I want to give you three of those today. Uh, the first two are going to come in this first principle. The, uh, the second one will come with the second principle, but the first reason that I believe that God is still speaking today is I believe this is what the scriptures teach us. This is what the Bible teaches us to expect, and I want give you just a couple examples. There's a million examples we could go to, but I wanna give you a couple. And the first one comes from Psalm 25. Now in our life groups this week, we're gonna be doing a deep dive into Psalm 25. And for those of you who are not in a life group, I would really encourage you to join us on this journey by doing the life group study every week, getting the book Hearing God, and just take the journey with us because this is such an incredible opportunity you may not get again for a long time. So, um, but this week in our life group, we'll be looking at this song, but what I've done is kind of picked out a few verses where, where David's talking about his relationship with God and what he expects from his relationship with God, and I think he's laying out a model for us to follow. So let's take a look at it. He starts off and says, show, uh, show me your ways, Lord. Now, whenever we see the word Lord in all caps in the Old Testament, what's that mean? Yeah, Yahweh, right? So so he says it's a personal name of God. Show me your ways, Yahweh, and guide me or and teach me your paths. So I want you to catch this right off the bat. David is assuming an interactive relationship with God, isn't he? That he's 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 calling out to God and saying, God, I, I want to please you, and so can you show me your paths? like what he calls in Psalms 23, you'll lead me in the paths of righteousness, right? Show me your paths. And then he goes on, guide me in your truth and teach me. right? so he's trusting God for his guidance and for his teaching. Um, for you are God my savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And then he says, good and upright is Yahweh, and therefore he, he instructs whom? Sinners. Sinners. does anyone qualify here? <laughs> all right. Like, a lot of you are like, no, I'm too good. Uh, yeah, the good news is that God speaks to sinners. Like, we all qualify, right? Um, but it's a particular kind of sinner. So we'll go on. So he's good enough Right, the He instructs sinners, but he guides the humble in what is right. And what we're going to see in this series, especially the next two weeks, the next two weeks are really important, is if we want to hear from God, we need to be becoming the kind of person that God will speak to. And that person is a person who who comes to God with humility. They're ready to listen and follow when God speaks. So he says he guides the humble in what is right and he teaches them his way. And then he says, who then are those that fear the Lord? And remember this is a a phrase most in the Old Testament to fear the Lord is not like cringing, craving fear but it's it's to realize that God is God and I am not and I need to come under his leadership and respect that role and, and, and let him lead my life. And if I don't bad things are gonna happen. You know, life is not going to work well. And so he says, Who then are those who fear the Lord? And then catch this, he will what? Instruct. He will instruct them in the way they should what? Choose all right. So this is just a great example from the life of David that you see. This is the kind of relationship that he has with the Lord. He's expecting the Lord to speak, to guide, to teach, to counsel him. Uh, we see the next verse in uh, in uh, Psalm 16, where we'll come back to this verse again in week six. In week six, we're going to talk about the still small voice of God, and and we'll come back to this verse. But here at the at the start of this series, David says, "I will praise the Lord. I'll praise Yahweh, who what." who counsels me, and this is really cool, even at night my heart instructs me. Isn't that beautiful? So he senses God counseling him, almost like God's thoughts through his thoughts, and God is speaking to him through his own heart, and he recognizes these are not his own thoughts, that that, that God is counseling him through his own heart. Beautiful, and then we go to the New Testament. For example, you know the last night Jesus was with his men before he's arrested. He, of course, they're all bummed out that Jesus is leaving, and they're grieving. And he says, "Hey, I know I'm leaving, but catch this: I'm not leaving you as orphans. So I'm I'm sending another one to help. So." the word that he uses in the Greek is parakletos, para para, called, it means along, along, kletos called. So it's called along. And so um, it's a hard word to translate, right? Because it depends somewhat on the context. So if you look at uh, a bunch of different versions, how they'll translate this word parakletos, it will be the helper, uh, it'd be advocate, it'll be comforter, um, it will be, uh, there's just a wide variety of ways that that, that, that will be translated, right? But what, what Jesus is basically saying is, I'm the one who's been here teaching you, now another, I'm sending another to teach you. And, and of course, he says, this is the spirit of truth. And so in, in chapter 16, in verse 13, he says, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? Right, so then the Spirit comes, he's gonna guide you. Now, I wish I had continued the verse on, but if you were to continue reading, it says this, he will will not speak, catch that language, he will not speak on his own that he will only speak what's been given to him. Remember, the apostles don't really understand everything at this point, the Trinity and all that, so Jesus is leaving, I'm sending this other, what he's telling them is you can trust him, he's speaking for me. He's not going to lead you astray, right? So Jesus says, after I go, there's going to be another that comes to lead and guide and teach you. And in chapters 14 and chapter 16 of John, especially, he does a deep dive on, on the work of the Holy Spirit. And we'll come back to that later in the series. But all I want to do is, is kind of is, is kind of give, is give a sense of how this works in scripture. Uh, we see this once the Holy Spirit comes, the early church, we see how the Spirit is leading and guiding and directing the early church. And there are many passages we could look at, but I put one on your note sheet there from Acts chapter 10. So the situation is that the apostle, uh, the apostle Peter is on the rooftop, uh, it's noon, and he's praying. So it's very normal, uh, as a good Jew, he's gonna pray at 9 a.m., 12, uh, 12 p.m., and 3 p.m. He's got a regular rhythm of relationship. And so he's on the rooftop, he's praying, and God gives him a vision. And this is one of the ways that God speaks to us. We'll talk about that later. But he, got, he gives him a vision, and he's not fully understanding the vision. He's pondering it after it's over. And I want you, as he's sitting there on his roof, like, thinking, like what does that mean, he's pondering it? Look what happens. It says, when, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the home, The Spirit said to him. And notice how clear this direction was. Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up, go downstairs. Don't hesitate to go with them. Uh, The reason he would hesitate is to understand that they're Gentiles. He doesn't hang with Gentiles. He doesn't travel with Gentiles. He doesn't eat dinner with Gentiles. And so he, on his own, would not have gone. And so the Spirit says, don't hesitate to go with them for I have sent them. And we see this many times in the book of Acts where the early church is directed by the Holy Spirit in a very clear and direct way. And here's what I want you to catch. That when Luke, the author of Acts, introduces this, there's no footnote to explain what I mean by the Spirit said is, he just assumes, they all know what he's talking about, that in the early church, it was assumed that the Holy Spirit was live and active. He's our teacher, he's our leader and our guide. So, so, Acts, so in Acts, uh, Luke can just say, hey, the Spirit told, and everyone goes, yeah, we, we get that. You know, we, we don't need an explanation for that. Uh, we see that in, in the Church of Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, where Paul says, hey, there are gonna be different gifts. Some of you have gifts of knowledge, some of you have gifts of prophecy, some you have gifts of tongues, and so on, that the Lord is working, the Spirit's gonna be working, and so everyone kinda understands that. So, what I want you to catch is that the first reason, outside of my own personal experience, but the first reason I would give, is saying that, hey, God is still speaking, is that this is what the Bible trains us to expect. We'll talk more about that as we go along. The second reason though, and we're still in point number one, but the second reason, I think it's so important that God is still, that we understand God is still speaking, is that this is exactly what we need as Christians. Like we need God speaking to us. Like it's true that all the principles for following God and living a godly life, all the principles are in the Bible, we don't need anything new from that. But what we do need is how to apply the principles. So for example, I know that as a, as a husband, I'm to love my wife as Christ loves the church. But Lord, what does that look like in her life? Like I, I need his counsel on that. Like what does that look like? Um, I know uh, that, um, that God is in charge of my life in terms of kind of my, my ministry, right? Um, and so I, I, I know, like I'm surprised in the ministry, but. That was his calling, right? And so, but, but where am I supposed to go? And a lot of you know, almost 19 years ago that the Lord called Lynn and I to Rocky Peak. And that was a long road. We said no twice. Right? And then the Lord made it very clear. And by the way, I'm so glad he did. But, but he made it very clear. He made it clear through... Uh, through a dream one of a prayer partners had, through a, a prophetic word, through, I mean, there's just a million things. It's like an amazing supernatural story. So I knew I was to be in ministry, but where I'm in, in ministry, right? You, you, in your career, how do you decide whether you move to Idaho or not, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, how, how, do you, how do you know, For you students like, how do you know which college, can I tell you something? That I was planning to go to another college, it's called Seattle Pacific University, I had matriculated there, I'd paid my initial fees, and God kinda came and did a boom, and I ended up at another school, almost like, how'd I get here, right? And so, so I was, like I needed to know which school to go to, right? This happens to us all the time. It's like, hey, do I move forward in this dating relationship? Do I get out of it? Do I propose, do I not propose? It's just like, what about our finances? The Bible teaches that as followers of Jesus, we should all be generous givers to his kingdom, right? But, But how much, Lord? And where do I start? And where do I end, you see? So the thing is, is that yes, the Bible teaches us all the principles we need, but Often in our life, we don't just need the principle, we need the specifics. And, and we need God to speak for that, all right? So, so I think God is still speaking. Um, there's a couple reasons. There's a third one, and for this, we go on to point number two. So in, in point number two is that real relationships require two-way communication. Real relationships require two-way communication. So one of the things that we often say, or maybe have said to us as followers of Jesus, if we're sharing Jesus with someone, that, that so, what you may often hear is someone say, I'm not really into religion, right? I'm not into religion. And what do we say in response? We say, well, I'm not talking about religion, I'm talking about a relationship, right? And that's absolutely truth, but the whole Bible, like, we're, we're not, like, this is not Islam. You know, where, where Allah is unapproachable, right? Through, for us as followers of Jesus, our relationship with God is almost always talked about in relationship. He is our father, we are his children. He is our bridegroom, we are the bride. He is our king, we are the subjects. Jesus in John 15 there in your note sheet says, you are my friends. We'll talk about that in week three. And so the Bible always presents this, that that God has called us into a real personal relationship. Like a relationship between a father, a great father by the way, a great father and a son or a daughter. The relationship between a lover and the beloved. A relationship between close friends. But if you stop and think of it, one of the marks of any close relationship is two-way communication. You can't have a real personal relationship where only one person is talking. Many of you know that in marriage. just kidding. All right, so. (laughs) Let me give you an extreme ridiculous example, all right? Just go along with this. Let's tell you, let, let me say, hey, we're having coffee at Starbucks, right? And I tell you, I share, hey, I say, hey, I don't share this with many people, but I just feel like we're becoming closer friends as part of my life. I'd like you to know, like, what is it? Well, a lot of people know, I'm I'm actually very close with President Biden. We're, we're very close. And you say, really? It's like, yes. Um, In fact, I'm one of his most trusted advisors. And you say, well, that's... That's really this really weird, you know. No, no, seriously, I I advise him on the topmost policies all the time. It's like, well, that's kind of weird, cause I don't really see your thumbprint on anything coming out, you know. Um, and so, I'm like, no, 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 it's really. And, and well, how did well how did you get to know the president, you know? And. And how do you communicate, do you, do, you, do you go to the White House, do you, do you Skype, do you, do you do a Zoom, uh, do you call, like, like how do you communicate? And it's like, oh, it works like this. Uh, I, no, I've, I've never actually met him face to face, but what I do is I watch the news very carefully. I study world events. Really, so I've got eyes on Ukraine, um, I'm keeping up with South Africa right at the moment. Um, kind of this conflict in the Middle East with uh, kind of Israel and Gaza and all the other kind of Iranian satellite, I'm, I'm up on that. Uh, I do a deep dive every week in the, the economy and I'm fully read up on immigration. And so what I do is every week as I see what's happening at the White House, I carefully craft a well-written document on each of these important issues. And I send it to the White House and then I get a really nice email back thanking me every week for my input, (laughs) how much the president appreciates hearing from his constituency. About this point in time, you'd be looking at me like, dude, you are wacko, right? It's like, like, I'm finding a new church. Like, this guy is crazy, you know? Um, And you'd be right, right? Because it's not a real personal relationship until Joe picks up the phone and says, hey, Michael, this is Joe. Do you have minutes to talk? I want to talk about immigration, right? Until there's two-way communication, it's not a real relationship. And yet often in our relationship with God, if we're honest, we often look like that. Like we're always talking to God. And it's like, well, when was the last time that God talked back to you? When was the last time that God showed you something? And you're like, yeah, I don't know. Um, But I'm spending a lot of time talking to him. You see, one of the marks of a personal relationship is two-way communication. And without it, it isn't personal. Now, for this series, for our small groups, you know we're gonna be using this book by Dallas Willard, uh, Hearing God. And uh, for, for many of you, and I know that's a familiar name, but for those of you who knew, maybe never heard, just real quickly, um, that Dallas, when he, was, when he was a younger man, was actually a pastor, but he went on and got his doctorate in philosophy, and for many, many years, he was a philosophy prof at USC. So as you read through the book, and at times it's not the easiest book to read, you've already started, Uh, know that you're right on track, right, Um, it's it's funny, when I began researching this series, I probably read through seven or eight books, the best I could get my hands on, on, on this topic, like what would be the best book to take us through, and can I tell you that I wanted one that was a little easier to follow, But I kept coming back, there is nothing to compare. Like this is the most biblical, most well thought out book by someone that should be well thought, a philosopher, a man who walked closely with God. And so as we go through this series, we're not gonna have you read through whole chapters and we're gonna avoid certain things. We're just gonna pick out certain excerpts on certain pages that really align with with the things we're teaching. If you're a reader and you love this sort of thing, great, go for it, you can read the whole thing, I, I would love that. But we're trying to make it as accessible as possible to all of us. We're kind of limiting the reading, maybe 15 to 20 pages. Um, but, but for Dallas, and some of, you, some of you may not know this, but uh, uh, kind of a little known fact about Dallas is did you know that Dallas was actually the first teaching pastor here at the church at Rocky Peak? Did you know that? Yeah, this, in 1977 when this church was launched, for the first year they didn't have what, you, what they called then a senior pastor or we'd call now a lead pastor. And so um, they just asked a, a local guy to come in and just do the teaching on the weekends and that was Dallas Willard. And uh, many, many years later um, I had the privilege of studying with Dallas in my doctoral program. And we, we, I got to go to about 25 other uh, doctoral students. We went to a Catholic conference center in Sierra Madre. We actually lived there for two weeks together, sharing our meals and, and personal uh, kind of contact. And uh, Dallas has now gone and been to the Lord. But he, he's just a, he's just a great man and a great thinker, a great man of God. But, but I'm talking about this two-way communication. I want to, I want to, I want you to catch this quote from Dallas right at the beginning of the book. He says, being close to God means communicating with Him. And that is always what? It's a two-way street. God has created us for intimate fellowship with Himself. And that's something the Bible teaches us from beginning to end, right? Father to son, uh, bridegroom to bride, uh, friends, as Jesus said, and so on, both now and forever. This is the Christian viewpoint. It's made clear throughout the Bible. And as with all close personal relationships, God can be counted on to speak to each of us when and as it's appropriate. And catch this, learning the two-way communication between us and God will develop as a natural part of such a life, all right? And so so that's the third reason. And so there's three reasons right off the bat Why is so important for me that I believe God is still speaking? The Bible teaches it. We need it, and without it, we can't truly have a personal relationship. So let's move on to number three. Now, number three, super important, goes like this: that God speaks to different people in different ways. So throughout this series, whether it's me teaching or Joel teaching or Dre teaching, we're gonna be using this phrase. We're gonna talk about hearing God or God speaking. And what I want you to catch from the beginning is this is our shorthand to talk about God communicating to us. Because God communicates in a wide variety of ways. Can it be audible words? Yes it can. Can it be inner voice? Yes it can, but there's a wide variety of ways and he speaks to different people in different ways. And of course you see this in the Bible. You see it at Mount Sinai when God first enters into covenant with Israel uh, in Exodus 20 that he actually speaks from the rumbling, the the, the earthquake, the the uh, the dark cloud, the fire on the mountain. God speaks audibly for the whole nation, the 10 commandments, right? We see many times where it appears to be that God is speaking to people in like an inner voice. Uh, It's very clear in words, but it's inside your head. It doesn't come to your ears, you just go mind to mind sort of thing. we see examples in the Bible of God speaking through dreams. I don't know if God's ever spoken to you through a, a dream. It's only happened a few times for me, but, uh, but, but we see it in the Bible, right? Jacob, God speaks to him at Bethel, you know, the stairway to heaven. Uh, that was inspiration for a Led Zeppelin song. Uh, there's uh... <laughs> Stick to the notes, buddy, stick to your notes, right? Okay. Uh... Like I always get in trouble. Just stick to your nose. Yeah. So uh, Jacob, right? Uh, Joseph. Remember the dreams that impact. We see God speaking to non-believers, to Pharaoh and to King Nebuchadnezzar through dreams. We see here's an odd one that uh, remember uh, God spoke uh, to the false prophet Balaam through his donkey. Remember that. Right, so if any of you come up and say your donkey's talking to you, I'll probably say you're a false prophet. But <laughs> anyway, uh, here, Jeremiah, God would speak to Jeremiah in a wide variety of ways. But one that was really uh, that interesting is if you read Jeremiah 1, God would give him a mental picture that has full of symbolism. So he say, Jeremiah, what do you see? Well, I see a boiling pot turning coming from the north. He said, Yeah, this is what it means. And then he said, What do you see? I see an almond tree. Yes, this is what it means. Um, he spoke through to Daniel, the prophet Daniel, through visions, of course, but he also spoke to him through the, through the word of God. And he's reading the prophecies of Jeremiah about Israel returning in 70 years, and he begins to pray over those. And God spoke to him through that. Um, you know, we see it, Jesus as baptism, God speaks from heaven. You know, that this is my beloved son. Uh, Peter, we already talked about the apostle Peter, having the vision that comes down from heaven and then the voice of the spirit to him. We see in the early church examples of prophets, like the prophet Agabus announced that there was gonna be a a worldwide famine and the whole church responded to that and began to take an offering for the poor in Jerusalem. And we're gonna speak in a wide variety of ways. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, Elijah, uh, it uh, says that God spoke to Elijah through the still, small voice. And we're gonna talk about that in week six. We're gonna talk about how God can speak to us through our thoughts. Of course, we have to learn how to recognize that and test it, not right back. He can speak to us through our thoughts. He can speak to us through what I call spiritual downloads, through aha moments. And so what I want you to catch is that God speaks to different people in different ways. When Lynn and I were back and I was going to school at Wheaton in the Midwest, uh, we were back there and we were leading a small Bible study for other students. And- Um, and so we were just kind of sharing what God was doing in our life, a very supernatural time and so we had these offline conversations with certain students and one person was kind of struggling in terms of sensing how God was speaking to them, not experiencing the same way we were experiencing and and God spoke to my wife in in a beautiful way and he said that I speak to each person in the way they can hear me best. I've never forgotten that. It's very powerful and very profound. God is the ultimate communicator. He knows you, even in human language. You know, some of us use a lot more words than others, right? And, ha, 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 that's so good. I got a couple down there just like, like latching under that. Like, like, man, I bet you're just talking all the time, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Right, you know what those studies have been done how uh, for for most i mean, since not across the board for most most women will use twice as many words in a day as most men, right It's just different hey it's just science i i'm not i'm not <laughs> hey hey, I'm not saying the quality of the words, it might be amazing no i, I <laughs> Hey, no, I, hey, what I'm saying is those quality words may be great, all those 14,000 words, you know? <laughs> and we may only have half the wisdom. We only have 7,000. So, hey, but that's true even in human relationships, right? Even in human relationships, like, some people talk more than others, some people have a few words, some more. And so God's gonna work with us according to our personality and in different seasons of our life. There are certain seasons of our life where God is leading and speaking very clearly. I'm telling you, before I came to Rocky Peak, it was like the most, that, that month of that, supernat- that two years were the most supernatural times of God speaking, preparing us to come. Um, and so there's certain seasons that we go through that would be like that. But here's what I want you to catch. As we go through this series, the goal is not for you to be able to hear God like all your friends do or like your spouse does. And often we feel intimidate, like why doesn't God speak to me that way? God speaks to my wife one way, he speaks to me in different ways. (laughs) We're just different. And so our goal is not, I wanna hear God like this person, or hear God like that person. Our goal is to learn to recognize how God is speaking to us, right? Now, number four. Number four is that hearing God takes practice. Now this is a little bit surprising because I think we tend to assume if God is speaking, it's gonna be loud and clear, there's no missing it. And I think there are times when it is like that. For those of you who've been here for the last month or two, you remember that we had uh, Thomas and Lita Lee on stage, I was interviewing them, and you remember part of their story as they, as they created hands on his hands on Africa, part of their story was a big part of the story, with several key points in the story, God speaking very clearly to Thomas. I remember the very first time that he shared that was that when he, he met his wife uh, for the first time, and God said, God told him, "She's going to be your wife." He you didn't really know her. They're from really different backgrounds, didn't have really run in the same circles. God said, "That's your wife." And you remember what happened? He went back to the Bay Area where he was from, from L.A. He told his friends, "I met my wife." And they said, "What are you talking about? When you left here for the summer, you didn't have a girlfriend. Now you come back with a wife? Does she know about this? And you know what he said? No, I haven't talked to her about it. That's a story I can relate to. You know, before Lynn and I were married, we were driving up the I-5 one day. Was, I was about to go back to school, the Wheaton. She was uh, in, in Illinois, she was gonna go to Biola. As we're driving up the freeway, and I'm taking her back to school, to drop her off so then I can fly back. As I'm taking her up to school, I turn to her and I say, is there something that you're supposed to be telling me? And she looks at me and says, no, can't think of anything. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I keep driving for a while. Lynn, are you sure? There's not something you're supposed to be telling me. I just have a sense. Like there's something that you're supposed to be telling me. No, I can't really think of anything. All right, okay. Drive a little more. Well, seriously. (laughs) I really sense there's something that you're supposed to be telling me. And she said, well, the only thing I can tell you is that the Lord told me last month that you're to be my husband. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing you could think of, right? <laughs> People ask me sometimes, how did you propose? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't propose, I got told. <laughs> and you know, it's an honest, true story. It's a true story. And, and you know how, when she said that, I looked at her, and I said, well, hello, Mrs. Yearly. Because <laughs> I trusted her. And uh, it certainly wasn't that I didn't want that to be true. You know, that was, that was good news, right? And so sometimes when God speaks, it can be very clear. Um, but there, I want you to catch us that many times, in fact, most of the time, when God, the way God's going to speak to us is not super clear until we learn how to tune in. It is gonna come in terms of that still, small voice that we'll talk about in week six. Um, and there's a great example of this um, in the Old Testament with the prophet Samuel. And the story goes like this, it's 1 Samuel chapter three, but the story is Samuel's is a, a young boy. He's being raised by an older priest named Eli. They're in the house of God. He's, Samuel's going to sleep and, and so all of a sudden he hears his name and he assumes Eli's calling him. Now whether God was speaking through an audible voice or an internal, we don't know. But it was very clear to Samuel and so he gets up and he goes to the old priest and finds him and says, hey, I'm, I'm here, why'd you call me? And the priest says, I didn't call you. Um, go back to bed. And so, okay, so he goes back to bed. Then it happens again. This happens two more times. And the third time he comes in, Uh, the lights go on for Eli and he realizes what's happening. And he says, hey, this is what, if it happens again, this is what you need to say. And men and women, take it to the bank. This is what we always need to say. He said, if he calls your name again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. That's worth the price of admission right there. You want to hear the voice of God? It starts at a heart that says, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And so what what I want you to catch is a great illustration of this principle that that neither Eli nor Samuel recognized it at first. And it's often true in our lives that, that it takes us a while to discern the voice of God in our life. I remember the first time, if you were to ask me, Hey, when was the first time that God communicated directly to you? When was the first time that you're aware of? I would take you back to a very important decision I made when I was 16. And I won't go into the whole story, but when I was 16, it was a decision that was in for me, it was an important decision, and it was a scary decision, one I didn't wanna make. And the Lord really spoke to me clearly through a passage of scripture, through a verse in Proverbs that if I were to say, here's the situation, here's the decision I had to make, and here's the verse, you would look at it and go, I don't get it. But it was really clear to me, and I made a very big decision, a very hard decision, one of the hardest decisions of my life up to that point, based on that. But you know what? If you had come to me a year later when you are 17, has God ever spoken to you in a personal way? I'd say no. I didn't recognize it. And it wasn't until I was 19, and that began to happen on a regular basis, that I, was, I looked back and said, oh, that was God. That was God speaking. It was interesting, this week when our life group writing team meeting, one of our, our younger pastors was sharing that when, when I first came to Rocky Peak, you know, that it was, uh, you may or may not know this, but it was kind of a cessationist church. We didn't really believe that God spoke, didn't really believe in spiritual gifts to exist today, and things like that. And so, as I, as I came and began to gently lead in a different direction, uh, this young man was, I'm guessing, I'm not sure, his 20s, young 20s, whatever, but he'd been, he'd been raised here at Rocky Peak. He'd always been taught that God doesn't speak, and that this kind of thing doesn't happen. And to be suspect of anyone who claims it does, but as I was teaching on this topic and I was giving illustration of how God speaks he said that he sat there and he was like oh I've experienced that and then it go a while and go oh I've had that happen to me and then it go like oh yes I recognize that and the reality is God was speaking to him all that time he just didn't recognize it and that's the point sometimes it takes us a while and some training and some teaching to learn this. Let me give you an illustration. On the front of your program, when you came in, you have this this great artwork that our our art team put together, uh, Hearing God, Discerning His Voice, and if you, I don't know if you paid attention, but what this really is is like sound waves on here, or like a frequency waves, right? It's going from not very loud to very loud. There's a progress. And I don't know if you, I want you to think about this. In this room right now, this room is filled with radio waves, isn't it? This room is filled with TV broadcast signals, isn't it? It's filled with Wi-Fi signals. But unless we have a TV turned on, unless we have a radio turned on and tuned in, unless we have a a smartphone or a tablet with Wi-Fi, we're gonna be completely oblivious that there is so much going on in this room right now that we are not aware of until we begin listening with the right instrument. I think it's often the way it is in our relationship with God. And so during this series, we're gonna be talking about how does God speak, how to recognize it, and how to discern when it's truly of the Lord or it's just my thoughts versus his thoughts or even from the enemy. How do we, how do we discern that? Okay, uh, number five. The fifth principle is that hearing God is life-changing. And I truly mean this, that when we, we begin to sense that the God of the universe is actually speaking back, and remember, I mean communicating, right? doesn't have to be in words. But the God of the universe is speaking back to us. It, it begins to revolutionize our relationship with God and then have implications for all of our life. Now I want to be super clear here. When we talk in this series about God speaking, we're not saying that God always speaks. This week in your life group study, you're gonna be reading a selection from Dallas where he talks about misconceptions about God speaking. And one of the first, the first one is a message a minute, he calls it. You know that God's always speaking is a little chatterbox, you know? always speaking about every situation, and that's just clearly not the case. You don't see that in scripture, you don't see that in men who walk deeply with God throughout church history, that there are times when God speaks, there's times when he isn't, and catch this, it's often in the times when God is not speaking that he's doing the deepest work in our life. Often the deepest work, work in our life comes in times of pain we're calling out for God to speak and he's not speaking and he's working something very deep in our life. You see this in the Psalms. I don't know if you've ever compared this, but you know, Psalm 22 and Psalm 23 are both Psalms of David. And here's how Psalm 22 starts off. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then Psalm 23 starts off, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you're like, David, are you bipolar? Like, what's going on here, you know? Like, this guy needs a psychiatrist. Let's get him some medication, all right? It's like, no, no, no. It's the same guy. He's just in different seasons. And there's a season in his life where God is working and he can see God clearly and he can look in the rear view mirror and he can see God's hands on everything that he couldn't see back then. And he says, man, God is my shepherd. I can see how he leads me and how he takes me by still waters and even those times I was going through the valley of the shadow, I thought I was gonna die, that God was with me. His rod and his staff were with me and he was working even though I couldn't see it, right? So here's a time where he's got clear spiritual vision All right, that's what I'm talking about right there. There's waves going through this place right now. There's, there's a phone going off right now. See? Hey, ask if it's the Holy Spirit. Just kidding. <laughs> he, he, may want, he may have something to say. But, uh, right, so, but in, in Psalm 22, David's in a hard time. He feels like God has forsaken him. God is not answering his prayers. It's the same guy at different seasons. So what I want you to catch is learning to hear and recognize God's voice is not a panacea. It's not a solution for every problem in life. It's not, but it is a solution for a thousand problems. Right? And I love the quote there from, uh, from Mark Batterson's book. Mark is a, is a well-known pastor in Washington, D.C., but he wrote a book a few years ago called Whisper, which is on the voice of God. And, and look what he says. Let me make a bold statement at the beginning of this book. That learning how to hear the voice of God is a solution to a thousand problems. And I would say, Amen. And he says, It's also the key to discovering our destiny and fulfilling our potential. And I would say, Amen and Amen. And he said, His voice is love. His voice is power, his voice is healing, his voice is wisdom, his voice is joy. I would add his voice is confidence, I would add his voice is peace, and I would also add this, his voice can be hard. Right? That, that one, of the, one of the ways we need to hear God speak is in times of rebuke. You know, think of how he spoke to the church in, Revel, in Revelation of Laodicea in chapter three. And he said, hey, you think you're wise. You think you're, you can see so clearly. You think you're so rich. But the reality is you're, you're naked. You're blind spiritually. You need to repent and come back. Sometimes we need the voice of God. That's a voice of challenge, of repentance, of discipline, right? But it's all those things. You know, today we started the day with a story of his family that's having a brunch together. They've all been to church, they've heard the same message, this vision casting message on this new building. And one of the things the pastor had said is that God has clearly spoken to him and called them to this project. And as they're all talking about it, remember the grandma asked this question that no one will ever forget. And this was the question. This godly woman who'd walked with Jesus her whole life, her question was, I wonder why God never speaks that way to me. And I mentioned that it's a question no one would ever forget and the reason I know that is because this is a story that Dallas starts this book with. And it hit him because he was a young, he was actually at that table. He was a young man He'd married into that family. And he was also, catches, the assistant pastor at that church. And it took him back because as a young man, he had experienced the voice of God in his life. He just kind of assumed. In fact, he describes himself there as green and naive. He assumed that all Christians could hear the voice of God. And it so impacted him. It's one of the one of the driving motivations for writing this book many, many years later. And I want you to take a look at the quote. He says, I was given a vivid realization, which never left me, of how such talk, you know, like God spoke to me, that kind of talk, places many sincere Christians on the outside looking in. They're not necessarily lacking the experience of hearing God. Remember, we often miss it but they do not understand the language or how their experience works. And this leaves them feeling confused and deficient and rightly, and he says, and rightly makes them feel very uncomfortable. It undermines their confidence that they're fully acceptable to God. And some of you may feel that today, like I've never done that. And this this whole series is scary for me because I don't feel like it's ever happened. And he said up to that point I had rashly assumed that if you were really a Christian, then God spoke to you as a matter of course and you knew it. I was sure that he spoke individually and specifically about what he wanted each believer to do and that he also taught and made real to individuals the general truths all must believe in order to enter into life with him. And so that that conversation, that question made such a deep imprint that many years later, after walking with Jesus for a long time, doing such great thinking about this, he put together this book that we're going to be using. And one of my hopes for this series is that for for some of you who feel like I love Jesus, I love God, but I'm very uncomfortable, I don't really sense God speaking to me like some others do, and there must be something wrong. My my hope and my prayer is that we will begin to perhaps recognize, oh, just like that pastor I mentioned, begin to recognize, oh, I, I have experienced that. And we would grow in that because truly to begin to discern God speaking to us, communicating with us is truly life changing. And so as we wrap up today, I wanna ask two quick questions and I'm just gonna introduce these questions. I just want you to be thinking about them as we prepare for the message next week. Uh, Next week we're gonna do a deep dive on these questions. In fact, the message title next week is called Two Key Questions and it's these two questions. We're gonna structure the, the message around these. But I want you to be thinking about it this week because they're so important. The first question is, do you believe God is still speaking? Like do you believe God is still speaking? So I gave you some reasons why I believe it. You know, Scripture teaches that we need it. It's a mark of a real relationship. Next week we'll talk about more objections that, that we often have even as believers. We, we may even believe God would speak to some people but not to me. Maybe we will speak to pastors, maybe you'll speak to missionaries, authors, but not to people like me. And so we'll we'll investigate some of that next week. But but I want to get you thinking, what do you really believe? And I want you to be radically honest with yourself. One of the things we teach here all the time is that radical honesty is the first step to transformation in any area of a life. And so as we approach, hey, be honest with God. Be radically, what do you believe? Do you believe that? The God you love, do you believe he wants to communicate with you? Do you believe he will? Do you believe that he can give you the capacity to hear his voice? It's just a great question because here's the thing. If we don't believe that God will speak, or if we don't believe he'll speak to me, then we won't be listening. And chances are we won't hear him. The second question goes like this. Why do you want to hear God's voice? Now I'm sort of assuming that you want to hear God's voice. If you don't, you may want to just skip this series and come back in like nine weeks or something. Come back for Easter. Um, but I'm kind of assuming that we're here, like we want to hear from God, right? And so, but the question is, why do you want to hear for God? Because many times we want to hear from God for all the wrong reasons. We want to hear from God so we get his, almost like you call your financial advisor for what stocks to buy. Like we wanna hear from God so we get his wisdom on how to make my plans come true. So we wanna rewrite the Lord's prayer and say, our Father in heaven, may your name be hallowed, may your kingdom come, and my, may my will be done <laughs> on earth as it should be in heaven. Right? <laughs> and so what we really wanna do is we wanna use God like our stock advisor, like our stockbroker. We wanna use him like our, our Ouija board. We wanna use him like our horoscope just so we make our life work better. And here's what we're gonna learn next week is that you can't divorce the spiritual skill of hearing from God from our overall quality of relationship with God. That God is gonna speak to a certain kind of person who is pursuing a certain kind of relationship, the relationship that Jesus died to bring us. And so are we becoming the kind of people that it makes sense God would speak to? Or do we just wanna use him to carry out our plans? And so these are two great questions. And so as you go through your study this week, as you go through your life group studies, you're thinking and praying about this whole topic. I want you to come back and I want you to begin thinking and then next week we'll do a deep dive and go into these two questions in greater detail. The next two weeks, critically important. Critically important. Enough to where I would say, hey, uh, if we don't get these right, there's no point in going on. No point in going on. So I just want to challenge you. If you have to miss for a godly reason, (laughs) be sure to watch the message, right? Um, And uh, because they're all going to build together. All right, let's pray. So Father, we just thank you so much for the beauty of your word and this vision that it casts for us of this deep, personal, and intimate relationship that you want, that you are closer to us than the air that we breathe. We, through Christ, are your sons and daughters. That because of what Jesus has done, you've, you've invited us into this intimate love relationship like a lover and beloved. That because of what Jesus has done, you have called us friends. And so Lord, we want to, we want to go deeper in that relationship. And we know that part of that is learning to hear your voice in our life. Discern when you're leading, guiding, teaching, illuminating. And so we pray, God, that you'd meet us in a powerful way each and every week as we go through this series. And Lord, as we dive into this time of worship right now, we sing this beautiful song of fresh wind. Lord, we we present it to you. We make it our prayer that during this series, there would be a fresh wind of your spirit blowing through each of our lives as we kick off this new year and through our church as a whole as we learn to listen and follow your voice. And we pray this in your name, amen.